Hey everyone, I'm Chris Hall and this is the Downtime Podcast, where we're going to be taking you deeper than ever into the gravity-based side of mountain biking. Before we hit this week's episode, just a quick thank you to our supporting partner, IXS, who've also got a giveaway for you. IXS have long made awesome mountain bike clothing and protection, but they also do some really important work for the sport that we all love. If you follow downhill racing, you'll no doubt have heard of the IXS Downhill Cup. Running now for over 20 years, the IXS Cup has provided quality racing for thousands of riders and an all-important stepping stone to World Cup level competition. You only need to look at the list of athletes that have cut their teeth at the IXS to know how important it's been, with riders like Valley Hole and Jackson Goldston amongst the list. So it's awesome that brands like IXS are supporting downhill racing in such a major way, enabling up-and-coming talent to find their feet and to get ready to race at World Cup level. If you want to find out more or have a go yourself, you can head to ixsdownhillcup.com and you can see their full range of clothing and protection at ixs.com forward slash mtb. The good news for you is that we have a full head-to-toe set of IXS kit to give away to one lucky winner who's going to win their Trigger Evo jersey and pants, their downhill helmet, carved gloves, Trigger goggles and carved race knee pads. All you need to do is to comment on my Instagram post from Monday the 12th of June and name one world-class rider who kick-started their racing career at the IXS Downhill Cup. You've got until Friday the 23rd of June to enter. If you find the podcast provides you with some value, perhaps you've learned something that's helped you with your riding or your fitness, maybe it's got you stoked to go riding or to come back from an injury, or maybe it's just something to pass the time when you can't be riding your bike, it would be awesome if you could do a little something in return to help the podcast continue and improve by setting up a small, regular donation via my Patreon over at patreon.com forward slash downtime podcast. Big thank you to Eddie Planner who joined that list of lovely Patreons this week. Also, we've still got sweatshirts, t-shirts and hoodies available at downtimepodcast.com forward slash shop. If you want a little bit more downtime in your life, you can join my newsletter where you'll get behind the scenes info on the podcast, interesting bits and pieces from around the mountain bike world, some mini reviews of products that I've been using and like, partner offers and more. You can do that over at downtimepodcast.com forward slash EP. Otherwise, please don't forget to follow the podcast so you never miss an episode. You can do that by hitting the button in your podcast app now or there's buttons for all the major platforms to help you over at downtimepodcast.com forward slash follow. As always, you can either listen to today's episode right here or if you prefer to watch it, you can now do that over on my YouTube channel, which is youtube.com forward slash at downtime podcast. All right, Brooke McDonald is a rider who's been on the scene for a long time. Not only is he an incredible rider, but he's worked his way back to the top of the sport after suffering a horrific back injury in Canada in 2019. We sat down to catch up with Brooke as we head into the 2023 season. Brooke shares how he contemplated leaving the sport, how a new bike has helped rekindle his love for it, and much, much more. So, without further ado, here's Brooke McDonald. Brooke McDonald, welcome to the Downtime Podcast, man. How's uh, how's life treating you today? Good. Um, yeah, back in Europe after nine months uh, of no racing. Well, what seems no racing for me? I only did a uh, did a couple in New Zealand, and um, yeah, back in Europe, and we have a new bike, so life is good. Yeah, let's talk a bit about that. So we've had one round of the twenty twenty three World Cup so far. It was a long wait for everybody, fans, riders, teams, but we got there. How was round one for you? Um, in all honesty, it was really good. I um, like as an athlete, you always want to do better. So the result that I got, I obviously wanted it to be better. Okay. But um, the whole weekend for myself was really good. Like I was, I was super nervous and and pretty stressed with going into qualities semis and and finals because i knew how high the level is of of our sport now so like i mean everyone from one to 60 is is going fast and they can do something on the day so it's uh i guess it's pretty intimidating and pretty scary and for someone like myself who's pretty seasoned seasoned and should be used to that i guess changing formats and stuff like that um yeah, it's kind of kind of scary, but um, overall, it was really good. Like, I, I actually didn't have too much time on my new bike. I had two weeks before the first round, so that was more so just getting used to the bike and yeah, okay. getting it set up and whatnot. So, realistically, I only had a week on it at you know like speed speed. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, yeah, all in all, like good weekend for myself. Like I definitely learned a lot about the bike and 
what I could take from Linza Heider yeah. and bring it into Leo Gang with, you know, changes that I can do and yeah. set up better for myself to hopefully make myself go faster. Nice. How you qualified thirty third, which is the almost like not where you want to be, I guess. It's fine in qualities, but you like you know you want to be a bit faster than that come semis so that you don't get cut out and miss the finals like how did that feel did that add to the nerves or did it help you realize that you were pretty close to being where you needed to be to get all the way through to the big show i i kind of had a feeling like it was somewhat good but i was like still seven seconds off of first place okay and i mean <coughs> excuse me times were tight and like seven seconds on a just over two and a half minute track is, is not much, but in the grand scheme of things, it seems like a lot. Uh -huh. um, so yeah, I was like, man, how am I going to find seven seconds going into semis? Because I feel like going into semis, it's something that you need to do to be in the top 30. Yeah. And um, yeah, I, I had a pretty good run in my semis, like a few small mistakes. Um, but nothing nothing drastic and something that I could tidy up for finals but that was pretty nervous because I think I was maybe I don't know I can't remember what I was 25th 25th in semis, yeah. I think. Yeah. 25th in semi so it's, it's cutting it <laughs> fine <laughs> when you talk about 30 riders going through to yeah. the to the finals yeah so um yeah I, I really didn't know if my run had got me into the finals okay so it's quite stressful sitting at the bottom, like, am I going to make it through or not? But Yeah, I guess you've got to wait for everyone to be down before you know, right? Unless yeah. you're like way up the timing sheets. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and I feel like that's probably the most least stressful thing is coming down and being in first place Yeah. Um, in semis because then it kind of takes a bit of pressure and relief off yourself. For sure. But yeah, we made it through the finals and finished... 20, I think you're 25th again, right? 25th, yeah, or 28th, I think. Uh -huh. Okay. <clears throat> no. No, I can't remember anyway. Okay. Anyway, made it through to the finals. Yeah. And I feel like that's a big achievement in itself. For sure. These days, hey. Yeah, these days, I mean, everyone's so fast and yeah. I feel like you've definitely got to hang it out to be up, with, up there with the top boys. Um, but yeah, I think like, now with the three races, I think making finals is such a such a big thing. Yeah. Um, because thirty riders is not much. Um, so yeah, it was a good weekend. Yeah, stoked. And you decided the crowd hadn't had enough entertainment, so you put on a little <laughs> show at the finish line for them. Yeah, I <laughs> I misjudged the finish. Like I was meant to pre hop into the into the downside of that um, the scaffolding, but my timing was well out so I kind of just pulled up and <laughs> landed on the gravel and uh definitely wasn't stopping in time so I had to pull a handful of brake and and tuck the front oh, or otherwise I would have been in the barrier so yeah probably but, took the best option <laughs> yeah I mean <clears throat> I said to my coach like I hadn't crashed all weekend got a crash out of the way yeah the Got crash was over the finish line, so that's the most important thing. Classic. How did you find that new format then? Like first time for everyone doing it. Yeah, I, I actually like now I look back on it, I liked it a lot. Um at the time I was like, I don't know how I'm gonna do this, like especially going into Valdesol, like a track that's super gnarly and trying to do three races on that. I think that'll be interesting to see how that goes. Yeah. But like yeah, I think overall it was pretty good. Um, I definitely liked watching the finals because it was cool to see like everyone going faster. I, was, yeah. I didn't think, you know, I didn't think we'd they'd go under a under a forty. I thought it might have been a forty, low forties. Um, but yeah, the run that Jordan did was insane. It's like I was I was super impressed with that run. It like. I don't think you could ask for any anything more on that track. It looked like he was on rails, eh? Yeah. It was like he had glue on his tires. Yeah, unbelievable. <clears throat> and um, he, yeah, like watching it, he just never left the ground and he just looked so committed. Um, yeah, I, I, 
I say it was a picture perfect run. Yeah. I don't think you could ask for anything more. It's pretty insane, isn't it? Like how the bar seems to get raised. Like every season, the level is going up. Like, I don't know where people find the ability, but everyone seems to come back faster every year. Yeah. Um, I, I think it's, I, I definitely think it's down to the tracks we ride. Okay. Like, I feel like we definitely, the tracks that we've raced on the last few years have definitely got faster. Um, easy not easier but easier in a way that there's not much tech in, in the tracks yeah yeah um so it's kind of like who can hang it out and i guess like it's definitely showed over the past years that how fast everything like i i was talking to emmeline and she said um i think in lenzerheide it was three maybe 3.2 kilometers faster average speed down the down that track this year compared to last year that's a big difference yeah yeah so yeah obviously people going faster and i guess we're sort of training on tracks to suit what we're racing on yeah yeah big changes because you've been what 16 years on the circuit now yeah something like that yes i think six 15 or 16 years yeah i've definitely seen the changes yeah yeah things were a lot slower a lot more technical i guess when you started yeah yeah and like you could have like a crash and lose five seconds and still be in the top 10. I mean, if you have a crash now and lose five seconds, you wouldn't even, you <laughs> yeah. might be like a hundredth. Yeah. 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 And people were putting in like, you, you on occasion, you see pretty big winning margins, yeah. like multiple, multiple seconds. And that's yeah. rare now. Eh? Yeah. I always like vividly remember, I think Brendan and, uh, where was it? In Italy, um, what was that track in Italy? World Cup track. Uh, Pila? Pila, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I remember watching on, um, I think it was on Earth when he was on Orange and like massive crash in qualifying, went down the bank, probably like 10 seconds, gets back up and still gets in. I think he was maybe top five, top five <laughs> or top 10. And Crazy. like now I look back on I'm like, man, you can never ever do that now. No, weekend over. Huh? Yeah. Yeah, like the smallest mistake puts you back five places. Yeah. Do you do you miss that sort of riding? Like, because like you say, you need to train on tracks that are similar <clears> to World <throat> Cup tracks. Do you find you ride less sort of technical trails when you're away from racing as well now as a result? And do you miss it? Yeah, I definitely do miss it because I feel like it separates the riders and it. I feel like it shows what the riders are capable of because we're all capable of going fast in a straight line and switching our brains off when it comes to pretty not simple but like one line stuff and um yeah i i I do miss it because it like makes you i feel like it makes you think a lot harder and like decisions on lines Mm -hmm. um but yeah i guess that's the way our sport's going now it'd be cool to see our sport like see tracks be brought back in that have like a lot of technical in it um but I think, yeah, like everyone gets excited with us going fast. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's good. <coughs> it is good to watch, and I think it's a lot harder to communicate on TV how challenging the technical stuff is, unless you know the sport yeah. or you're on that hillside. Yeah, I it's think it's really hard, hard to to justify how hard it is mm. on TV. Um, I, I guess like Leo Gang is is a different story in the woods <laughs> there when it's weird. It kind of that kind of really uh, shows how hard. Yeah, it goes the other way. It's almost too hard. Eh? <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, definitely. Yeah, it's my first time here and walked down yesterday, and it looks the it looks mint in the dry of the woods. Oh, but sick. I would not want to ride that in the wet. No, like, it's horrible. It I hated horrific. it. Like, every, like everything else on the track is feels so easy until you get to the woods, and you're like, oh man, what is gonna happen? It was like, <laughs> it was like I don't know. I just feel like. You were chucking yourself down there and hoping that you'd come out the other end with no mistakes. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I, I went back last year and watched the replay and watched uh, Walker's run through there and like he was textbook through there, like didn't drop a foot, like just was so confident and carried so much speed through there, which I think like is where he won the race. I, I feel yeah. like the race is won or lost in that in that woods, and if you can get that good you're definitely on for a good result and obviously 
that showed last year and like yeah. super easy to make mistakes in that wood especially when you're trying to push and uh in the mud it's not easy as well yeah proper gnarly and yeah. you you were racing that fairly soon after coming back from your injury wasn't it you did crank works in but it was your first race back yeah and then into worlds here. into worlds and that was horrible <laughs> i honestly hated that <laughs> it was fair. miserable like yeah because yeah, there was snow, snow and all sorts, huh? pissing down with rain <laughs> and just like those woods were just so hard to ride and like coming back from an injury and not being like well just i guess like with my injury like the cold definitely affects me so like being in that yeah. those conditions like really sucked and <laughs> i had like massive crash in my final so it kind of like grips were ridden off it was oh, just man. like a full ride off <laughs> what what a weekend that was it yeah. was a crazy race to watch um you mentioned this new bike do you, do you get much like input into development like numbers do you know like ah, oh, these are the sort of things i would i like from a bike and get to feed that in how does that whole process work um yeah so obviously like over the last three years i've definitely struggled a lot with the old bike uh -huh. um and i just you know it happens people hop on bikes that they don't they don't get along with and that's what happened yeah. with me um so yeah like i guess the three years we didn't really do much development and couldn't really change much on the bike. So luckily this year, uh, my mechanic, Jake, he's uh, an engineer also. So all our feedback that he took from us of what this bike, this current or the previous bike was doing. Yeah. Um, he changed a lot of that and put it into a design and basically designed us a bike. Nice. Um, based around all our feedback yeah that's pretty cool so jake's had a big hand in this, this Ma new massive model. hand like yeah um pretty much done everything obviously with the help of yeah engineers from mondraker but like yeah a lot of uh i think all the all the design down to yeah all the geometry and stuff like that it's pretty cool yeah and, um and he was the first one on the bike right he yeah. spent some time on it getting it like yeah he spent some time in in spain um doing some riding with the guys and just i think just seeing if everything worked and yeah. that sort of thing so i think it was a stressful few months for him because <laughs> obviously he's designing a bike that's that's uh he wants to suit a world cup racer and yeah you know only the thing that he wants is when we hop on it, it's going to be good. So um, I think it was pretty stressful for him, but he's, yeah, he's done an amazing job. Um, and like <clears throat> for myself, like, well, I feel like for anyone that is deep in the sport and knows a bike can hop on a bike and tell straight away how good it is. Okay. Yeah. And that was my first feelings. And it's crazy, like <clears throat> how much impact and change a good bike has on a person because last year like last year was by far my worst season and by far the worst person that I was in okay. myself like I was just in such a negative headspace like everything that we Jake and I did we just literally went around in circles and I felt like the weekends of racing were like testing weekends and basically finding a setting that I was most comfortable for racing. Yeah. But even coming to racing, coming to race runs, that was never the thing mm -hmm. because obviously going so much faster. So, yeah, it was it was difficult and, like, I struggled so much and I'd never ever been in a position like that. Obviously, I had been, but, like, earlier on in my days and I think, you know, getting older and realising what it, the impact it can have on you. Yeah. Um, is massive and I don't like you know obviously in in big companies people probably don't see that too much so you know the effect it had on me like going into the off season like I didn't even race Val de Sol because yeah, I remember seeing you there and you I just was like sad I was I was like yeah. I didn't I didn't enjoy riding my bike and like I'm like well if I don't enjoy riding my bike why should I be here or why should I be racing like risking my yeah. myself or just putting myself in a position to come 40th place like I'm not there to come 40th place so <clears throat> yeah it was difficult and like 
going into the off season, I had like high hopes of of getting this new bike early. <clears throat> so I had like I had my goals and I had like what I wanted to be focused on and stuff like that. And then kind of like delays started happening in the bike and you know as as it ha- as it does in the bike industry and. Yeah, I just become super unmotivated. Like, hey, actually didn't even want to race my bike. Like, I didn't want to race bikes anymore. Yeah. That's what was going through my head. And that was earlier this year, right? Yeah, like probably three months ago. Okay. Three or four months ago. Like, it was I a went, pretty dark place for a racer <laughs> yeah. to be, hey? Yeah, it was horrible. And, like, I was, I spent three weeks in Queenstown. We had, like, a Red Bull training camp down there. So I was with <clears throat> Laurie, Finn, Jackson, and, like, being around those people who have good working bikes and riding with them is so depressing because I go out and ride with them and I'm like trying to tell myself that this is sick and I'm enjoying it, but I'm actually not. Yeah. And I'm looking at these guys and they got big smiles on their face and like just loving life. Man, that's hard. <clears throat> so like <clears throat> that was like definitely the darkest place I've been yeah. ever been in my career for racing bikes. And, um, yeah, it was just kind of like not being let down, but just sort of like my hopes sort of like sort of started falling away from when we were going to have this bike because we were meant to have it in February. And then that didn't happen. I was meant to go to Europe in April, do some testing with Fox and testing for the bike and then do do Lords. And that also um, fell over because of delays on the bike. And I was just like, man, this is like, what do I do? Like, do I, do I even want to carry on racing? Because like, I'm putting all my energy and hard work into my training, but I'm not seeing any return. Like, yeah, at that point in time. So yeah, it was difficult, and I could just, there was just a switch in me that flicked, and I kind of just changed the way I was thinking, and like had a really solid probably two and a half, three months of training. Yeah. Um, I kind of like, it comes down to a lot of things. Like, you know, I've had, had my coach for probably eight years and like been doing similar or somewhat similar stuff, same stuff in the gym for the past time. And like, I think when you're in the gym by yourself doing that, it it gets pretty lonely (laughs) and, and you kind of like get bored of doing the same stuff. So I kind of mixed, mixed my training up bought a gravel bike, rode a bunch of gravel, just different stuff. Like I spent a lot of time on my road bike. So changing from my road bike to gravel bike was like, I know it just gave me way more motivation of actually going out and training and having not goals, but having something to look forward to when I go overseas. Yeah. So yeah, it was, it was actually a pretty shit time. Was so? How did you turn that around in your head then? Like, did it take you a while to realize quite how depressed you'd got? Um, kind of. I, I, I don't know. I try to blow it off. I try to just carry on with normal life. Like I, I got a sports psych and and seen him, and we kind of just like just went over things. We went over scenarios of how I could deal with it uh-huh. differently. And I think like after talking to him he kind of like brought me back into the real world and gave me the positives that I could take out of everything. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I don't know, just something just switched and I was like fucking ready to go. Like <laughs> I'm, I'm like more than motivated to go out and train because like I just like, I was home. I was like, I don't care if I don't do any training today. Yeah. Whereas that I'm not like that person. I might have to do my training. So that kind of, I kind of like knew then was was that's when I was in a pretty shit place. Yeah. And when I'm like that, it's not not good. So, yeah, I don't know. It was just a switch that flicked, and must have felt good to get. Oh, it was that version of it Brooke was back. so good. Yeah, and like I come over here and like just riding over here, I felt fit and strong. So like, <clears throat> definitely back to to my old self, and like I think like everything sort of fell into place, like. Not ideal having the bike two weeks before a World Cup, but right. I mean, better late than never. So we were kind of like, it just, 
nothing else when i got that bike when i hopped on it and i rode it for a couple of days i was like nothing else around me affected me yeah whereas like if it was the other bike it would okay and all the small things would affect me and so like i looked at everything in in a negative way whereas now i look at everything in a positive way and i think like being positive rubs off on everyone else and like when one person is negative and not doing great it brings everyone else down in the team yeah totally and i feel like i wasn't the only one doing that but like i was definitely a big part of it because i was such an in a such a bad place yeah um so yeah it's crazy what something good can can change in someone definitely man it's yeah it takes a lot to admit that as well yeah it's not easy to say oh i was a bit of a dick last year like this wasn't good and no but yeah now i look like i guess at the time i did know but i didn't want to know yeah now i look back on it and like yeah just seeing the person i was then to now it's yeah it's totally different big change yeah it must have felt good to swing a leg over (laughs) that new bike yeah it was good it was really good it was just i don't know it was just nice to ride a good bike again like an actual world cup standard bike like a race machine yeah, it was really good. I bet Jake was stoked as well to see you happy, <laughs> yeah. like after all that development. <laughs> I could tell he was pretty stressed like the <laughs> the couple of days before we were before we started started testing, he um like when I come down from my first run, he's like he's see on his face like <laughs> <laughs> what is this guy gonna say? <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. How, how how do you go about getting up to speed on a new bike? Do you have like a process that you personally go through or like how do you get ready um i don't know i to be honest i haven't like had that feeling in a long time so it was just great to jump on a nice bike and just rip like <laughs> we did like because our bike has quite a quite a few options of changes so we kind of i did first day just riding the bike and getting up to speed or just getting used to it um and then the second day we did some changes with some stuff and like went back and forth and just uh explored what the bike could do yeah um but yeah there wasn't really a process i kind of just rode the bike and got on with it and yeah. see what you like yeah just yeah see what i liked yeah. didn't like this we'll go back to this and it wasn't <clears throat> it wasn't that i didn't like it but it just didn't work or didn't suit yeah, it wasn't me. as good yeah, yeah um and the good thing with this bike there's I think like three or four different individual changes that doesn't affect anything on the bike, like uh-huh. geometry and stuff. So like, uh, okay, yeah, we we did a lot of that, which is awesome, and just sort of found the sweet spot, yeah, where we can start and go into into the first race. And yeah, it's just I think just um, enjoying riding the bike was the best thing about it. Yeah, and did- I I I, I, <coughs> I went into Lenzerheider and like. It's the same thing. I didn't actually change too much on the bike, like didn't change too much to my suspension. And I think that was just because I was like so happy to be <laughs> riding and feeling comfortable on a bike. I was like, yeah. fuck, I don't need to change anything. This is all good. Let's yeah. go. Yeah. <clears throat> and then like going back on the footage, I'm like, actually there's like a lot of things that could have been changed. Okay. But, you know, it's it's all learning. And like, yeah. I guess, yeah, I think Lenzerheide was a great place for us to, take away a lot of stuff and change to coming into um into leo gang yeah proper good stuff yeah definitely man you've got the covers on the bike still obviously like whether they need to be there or not or whether it's just to keep us all like excited about what's underneath it do those covers do you notice them at all when you ride in not at all okay not at all i like they were um because the covers we did have were quite big so i think they were quite worried about like the wind and yeah yeah Stuff like that, but like to be honest, I never noticed anything. Okay, they yeah. don't make any noise. No, I don't make any noise. Yeah. They're kind of nicely fitted on the bike. Yeah, yeah, they're Definitely. quite slick. Yeah, I have, yeah. I need to swing by the pit and have a proper look. Yeah, I yeah. Haven't, I haven't had a chance to see the bike up close yet. So yeah, come and see that later on. Yeah, come have a look. So yeah, like I said, you've been doing this a while. Two thousand and eight, I think, were your first World Cups. Yep. So sixteen odd years <laughs> on the road, right? Yeah. You come from New Zealand, so I'm guessing you spend basically half your life in europe or north america yeah how is that i mean it must be pretty tricky to almost live two different lives yeah i guess it is like at the start it, 
like, I, I guess the first trip away in 2009, I was away for like six months. I was 17. And I got thrown in the, not thrown in the deep end, but like 17-year-old coming <laughs> from New Zealand. Yeah. With my stepdad coming over, he spent like two weeks with me before wind turned up. And like, when it obviously experienced that whole traveling by yourself and living by yourself. So I didn't really know too much. Um, and we shared an apartment in, in Italy for six months. We kind of went back and forth there between races. And um, I think that's where I learned a lot of life skills. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> Wins the man. Win taught me a lot. <laughs> he's he's a man that definitely um, helped me get to the place I am today. Yeah. Um, and and I definitely had it. I think he had a big impact on building the person I am today. Uh -huh. um, so yeah, I've. But yeah, going going back to like traveling and coming from New Zealand, I think. <clears throat> yeah, that that was definitely not difficult, but like I didn't really know what it was like to be away from home for six months. Yeah. Um, but like it was good because I learned a lot. I got to race my bike a lot. And I think over the years, like <clears throat> probably, I guess the biggest was when I got a girlfriend and I was on trek and, you know, being away from her was, was difficult because, yeah. you know, obviously new relationship, having to be away for, for sure. two, three months is, is not easy. Um, and I guess over the years, I've kind of just got used to that. And now it's, uh, it's a lot easier for me to be away. Um, and it's a lot easier to stay away because mm -hmm. I feel like the travel between Europe and New Zealand is That's so long brutal, and, eh? you know, you're losing two two days and then plus when you get home, it's like a week to yeah. get back into your routine and, you know, if you're home for three weeks, it's only it's two weeks left it. and, yeah. yeah, so, and I guess with the racing and how the level, how high the level is, you don't really want to be away from not riding your bike and yeah. testing and, and doing that stuff. So, yeah, it's definitely got easier to be over in Europe for a longer period of time. Uh -huh. um, but I'm I'm very fortunate because I get to spend <laughs> summer to summer and I don't don't see a win winter very often. That's pretty cool. Yeah, so it's, you know, been 16 years of yeah. summers, really. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Do you find a way to, like, keep up, you know, keep in contact with family girlfriends that kind of stuff like do you do they come to see you in europe for a bit or yeah try and uh try and get my girlfriend over to europe either at the end of the year or for a couple of races um just to i guess like you know not be away from for yeah. so long but it's also difficult because like i'm here to do a job and i guess to keep them happy is super hard when you've when you've got to be focused on yeah on your you job, you have to be selfish, I guess. Yeah, definitely. You know, in in any sport and any athlete, you definitely have to be selfish. And yeah. I think being selfish gets you a long way. Um, and like, you know, I do enjoy having her here, and it's also difficult because like I'm also trying to focus on my racing, but I'm also yeah. worried that is she okay? Is she like enjoying this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I guess there's a balance there. Um, I probably would rather just go on holiday with her with there's no bikes and no racing involved. Yeah. I think it's probably better and healthier on the relationship. Yeah, fair, yeah. 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 <laughs> so, yeah. But I guess she, she gets, she knows some people in the pits these days, right? Like yeah. from back home yeah. or from coming to races. Yeah, so it gets a so bit easier the more gets you do a, it. Get, gets a bit easier. She obviously has friends. Yeah. Um, well, you know, my friends that have their partners here as well. Yeah that she can hang out and mingle with. That's so, cool. Yeah, it makes it a bit easier. Yeah, yeah, fair play. And you had some big success early in your career, winning junior world champs in Canberra, uh, 2009, 2009, yeah. Yeah, um, and as a result of that, I guess you got quite a lot of attention and you picked up Red Bull as a, as a supporter really early in your career. Yeah. Right? Were you like 18 or something? Yeah, yeah, I was 18. Yeah. Do you do you remember how they kind of delivered that news to you? Yeah, they, it was, I, I vividly remember it. It was like, Obviously, any extreme sport athlete's dreams is to be sponsored by Red Bull. So that was, you know, I grew up watching Travis Pastrana and he was like the biggest icon for me of yeah. someone who represented Red Bull. And um, yeah, 
<coughs> I reached out to them in 2009. Just I thought, you know, whatever. I'll, yeah, I'll why just not? why not? Um, and they said like we're not really looking for someone at the moment because I think they had um, they had Vanessa Quinn at the time. Uh huh. Yeah. Um, and then I went into 2010 and I had a great season in 2010. I think I might have. I think I may have finished maybe in the top 10, but I had like some solid results. Um, and they got in contact with me. And yeah, it was like at the end of 2010, I got a phone call and they were like, um, you know, we got a helmet for you. And I was like, no way. <laughs> and like at the time it was pretty rare to be given a helmet straight away. Like I can't, they kind of put you into a, you know, like a, I guess a friends of Red Bull maybe yeah. pay your small salary and you kind of just can in hand stuff. Like Ronan is now, I guess. Yeah. Like they give him a little bit of help. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like I was, I don't know, I was I was pretty taken back with with that and like to be, I guess, put in the position of having the opportunity to be sponsored by Red Bull. It's something that you'd never ever turn down. And um, yeah, definitely like, I've been with them, yeah, since the end of 2010, so 11 years. And um, I still pinch myself to this day that I'm sponsored by them. Like, I was at, I was actually at the APC um, when I got over here about three weeks ago. And, um, like, you know, I do realise how fortunate I am to have the opportunity to be sponsored by them, but it kind of, like, you know, over that period of time, you kind of get used to yeah, yeah. it being on your head. And um, when I was there, like the opportunity we have with Red Bull, like they have an APC there where they have like physios and trainers and stuff. And like just being there kind of reset everything for me of how lucky I am to be sponsored by Red Bull. Yeah. And it's like, I was there, I was just like, man, what the fuck? I'm sponsored by Red Bull. <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> 11, 11 years later, I'm still like yeah. pinching myself. Is it like a lifetime thing with Red Bull? Like once you're in, you're in. Is that kind of how it works? Um, yeah, I feel like it is. Yeah. I definitely feel like, you know, maybe past that 10 years, you're definitely <laughs> yeah. set to be with Red Bull for for a lifetime. Yeah. Um, Great company, great people to be around and work with. Um, and I just think, yeah, like, I guess after my career, they're going to support me in one way or another, whether it's doing projects or yeah. helping them search for other athletes. Yeah, and you got to pass the bat on a little bit and uh, you gave Jess Blewett her helmet this yeah. off-season. That yeah. must have been fun. That was real sick. Um, we'd been talking, Red Boy been talking with me and what they we're looking for and you know i just thought yeah jess was definitely the perfect person yeah fits red bull really well great athlete so much talent on a bike and um yeah it was definitely a special moment because like i i'd been the only biker in new zealand for you know the past decade yeah so to welcome someone else that does the same thing from as me was was pretty cool definitely man and you get to go to some other like pretty interesting events off the back of being supported by red bull right they do so much stuff like yeah it's um the the opportunities are endless of what they give you um i feel like you know money and and salary isn't like the biggest thing in red bull i think it's everything else that comes with it and like you know i don't give a shit about how much money they pay me i just care about the people that are surrounding me in red bull and what they give me like yeah it's just endless like they will do anything for you to for you to be the best of yourself so they'll yeah do anything like that's cool you name something they'll try and make it happen which is pretty awesome like we had a um an athlete summit um, in April and we combined it with Australia uh -huh. and they took us to the F1. Yeah. That was insane. Like VIP hanging with the elite, like Kylie Minogue <laughs> in the VIP area, like standing not right next to her kind of thing. Yeah. Like it was just insane. So like, yeah, that sort of stuff is, is, is so cool. And like the opportunities that we get to meet other athletes and yeah, that's cool. Do that sort of stuff yeah. is, is pretty amazing. Yeah. Nice. And you, you um, did that dream track project with them 
last last year? Yeah, last yeah, year. Yeah, last year. Yeah. yeah. What was that like? That looked it was, like a it lot was of fun. sick, yeah. It was like, yeah, obviously my dream track. Yeah. The dream downhill track that I wanted. And yeah, we created that with Remy and, and Flux Trails. And those boys smashed it out in like, I think, three weeks it was no crazy way. yeah that's a big track eh? yeah it was it was like a proper downhill track yeah. like three and a half minutes <laughs> or just sorry just under three minutes yeah. like three minutes but with um, big features as yeah, well. yeah 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 it was sick um and yeah like that was such a cool opportunity to do that um and they made it happen so quickly like my athlete manager i had always had this idea and in the back of my mind and yeah. they'd been sitting there but it just never had got put through the system and we never really got around to doing it and um yeah a new athlete manager come in and he was just like man we need to do this so within probably three or about three three or four months it was like from the idea to budgets to building <laughs> to filming was pretty crazy it was pretty sick that's pretty cool isn't it they can do yeah. stuff like that yeah 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 so just yeah endless opportunities i've actually got a project that we're kind of working on now it's going to be pretty pretty outrageous interesting <laughs> yeah can you can you tease any more on that or is it uh i mean i want to keep it pretty 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 hush hush now but okay. i think when if, if we get it going it's going to be pretty insane interesting it's going to definitely uh make people scratch their head <laughs> okay oh man you i'm scratching my yeah. head already that sounds pretty cool nice so you like we keep coming back to this you've been doing this a long time where does your inspiration come from now for like for riding for for racing like who do you look to because i'm guessing those like figureheads have probably changed a bit over your career right yeah definitely um obviously the likes of sam hill pd yeah mana those boys have been such a huge figure in my life and when i was racing those were you know like the top boys that i watched and i dreamt of being being like um and i guess i still like still look at those guys as as a big inspiration to me um definitely mana he's 41 yeah that's mad it's great and he's still capable of winning yeah and i'm just i just blows my mind that someone so great can keep going like that yeah it's very it's very special yeah there's never been anyone else like that you know like as they say there's always a goat in every sport and he's definitely the goat in our sport like yeah the consistency the guy has on him and you never ever rule him out like (laughs) he might look slow as as anything on the first day of practice but it's like you never ever rule him out because he's always <laughs> he just knows what to do. Yeah, he knows how to solve the puzzle. He knows yeah, exactly. Yeah. And um yeah, I think Sam Hill as well, like he's just a lord on a bike. Like he just does everything differently to anyone else. And I think um that's pretty cool and he's definitely like had a massive impact on my life of racing because I was like, I want to be like Sam Hill. I went and bought an iron horse, <laughs> wanted to go around the inside corner with my foot out. Yeah, who doesn't? Yeah, <laughs> so that sort of thing. And then also also Petey, like just someone who was also so consistent and a massive part of my life and, you know, the sport and he's done so much for the sport and yeah. also like what he's doing now, giving back yeah, cool. to the sport and, and looking after the syndicate. But, um, yeah, I guess, like, I don't like to say this because I'm pretty humble, but I think after my accident, I'm probably the biggest inspiration to myself because That's cool. of what I went through and yeah, fair how fair, I, like, come back from it. Yeah. I think, like, that was, I don't know, I never ever thought I'd be able to do that. Yeah. I did deep down, but, yeah, you know, when you go through something like that, it's... Um, That's pretty cool that yeah. you, you don't sort of take that for granted you know what i mean that, no. that you see how important that is and i was going to ask you like how you, how you feel about other people having you as an inspiration because even before the accident right there would have been thousands of people around the world that ride bikes <laughs> that look up to you yeah and, you know respect what you do but post the accident that's just 
changed and evolved and become even stronger i think yeah i think so how's that felt for you it's i don't know it 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 feels great that i that i'm able to inspire people and it's not just in the mountain bike world like people in day-to-day life that's been through yeah totally the same as me i get so much messages people just telling me like what they've been through and they've had the same injury as me and stuff like that and it's cool to like it's cool to see that they come to me to tell their story yeah um and like it's also hard to like process it all and understand what they're going through and like being able to reply but yeah i think um yeah i definitely enjoy being able to give back to people on my story and what i went through and yeah the process that i had to go through and i think like yeah it's cool to be an inspiration to people i never ever thought in my lifetime that i'd be inspiring people Uh to like you know get back to doing what they used to do from an injury because an injury affects so many so it affects people in different ways yeah and i feel like if i didn't have the drive and want to get back to doing my day-to-day job i think i felt i probably could have just been happy with you know being able to walk yeah yeah. not being able to ride my bike yeah so yeah i think it's it's it is definitely a special feeling and i just love when people come up to me and tell me how how inspiring i am and that you know i've inspired them in life and it's just a cool feeling yeah definitely man what (laughs) what do you think it was then that got you through it like um i think just setting goals early Mm -hmm. like like I literally, all I wanted to do after my accident was race my bike that following year. <laughs> yeah. So I think that was the biggest thing that drove me to coming back and racing that yeah. next year. And you put that out there pretty early as well. You shared that goal. Yeah. I think you made yourself accountable to the mountain bike world by saying, I'm coming back. In yeah. Here. Yeah. Um, and I think that's what drove me yeah. to coming back to where I am now. I never ever, th- well, I did, I did, did think that I'd come back to where I am now but at the time I guess it was probably a big call yeah you never know for sure yeah you you never know and um so yeah I was so driven like I didn't give a shit about anything else around like I did give a shit about the people around me but Mm. like in my head it was me yeah and all I wanted to do was get back to the best of myself and be able to race my bike again yeah um So it was like a pretty quick process and like just time just flew because I was enjoying the process and um, the fact that like <clears throat> everything was such a big learning curve and learning about my body and what the body can do. Yeah. Um, and I guess you see progress quite quickly <clears throat> with riding when you get to a certain level like all of you guys are at. I'm guessing it's kind of hard to make big gains like all the time whereas with what you were going through you week to week you could probably see like oh what well, this week i can do this and i couldn't do that last week like it's yeah there's a reward <clears throat> in that maybe like yeah there was a there was a huge reward um <clears throat> week to week and i've seen so much progress and like they, they do say like it sort of plateaus out but i never ever seen that okay and i was kind of like nervous when when i got told it <clears throat> the process kind of plateaus out you're just kind of go to a point where nothing will change. But I felt like I did see me go through a point like that, but nothing that held me back. Yeah. Um, but it was just, yeah, I think like <clears throat> every week that I was progressing was also another achievement for me, Yeah. which also drove me and gave me more confidence and getting back to, to racing my bike. Yeah. How is it all now? Do you have any like lasting effects from it? Um, like to be honest, I feel like th- I'm the best I am now. Uh-huh. Um, like better than before. Better than last year. Yeah. Um, like I had a lot of back issues last year, like okay. crazy back issues. Uh-huh. Um, and yeah, I just I don't know. I feel different in myself. Like I definitely feel like I'm each year. I say I feel like I'm normal <laughs> again. Yeah. But it just keeps changing, and this year I definitely feel like I'm back to. A hundred percent. Yeah. And I feel like I'm 
different in myself. I feel like I'm probably, yeah, better and stronger than I was before. Yeah. Um, but I do, I definitely do have some, some long-term lasting effects. Okay. Um, obviously nerve damage. Yeah. So like most every day is probably inconsistent okay. with my legs and like the feeling and stuff. And some days feel normal. Yeah. Some days don't. And like when I hop into bed and like the sheets on my legs and stuff like that feel it just, it's real agitating and yeah. it's quite hard to explain. It just doesn't, it's not comfortable. Yeah. And um, it's hard to sometimes get to sleep because okay. of that feeling. Yeah. But those are small and those are stuff that I don't worry about. Like yeah. everything else is, is good. Yeah. Why Why do you think you feel so much better this year? Do you think it's just time or have you done things differently? Like you said, you changed some of your training, but. Yeah, I think um, probably stress. Okay. I think stress has a big part of it, yeah. especially on my back. Definitely feel like when I when I get stressed, it, it impacts my back. Yeah, because you kind of tighten up don't yeah. you, when you're stressed without yeah. really realizing you're yeah. doing it. Yeah, so obviously, like when I got over here, I went to ABC, so I did a bit of training, and I felt really good from there coming into here, like with a new bike. So like everything was stress free. Yeah, which I feel like has definitely helped and impacted on my body. Nice. Um. Yeah, I had a bunch of bloods done too, and I was lacking a lot of stuff. Okay. Um, so I yeah, got on some medication, which yeah. helped all that stuff. And yeah, yeah, I definitely feel feel different. I yeah. feel like my body's a temple. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was gonna say, do you focus more on like what you put in your body? These yeah, days? definitely, yeah. definitely do. Like I, I do treat my body as a temple, and yeah. I think that's so important because the sport we're doing, like especially we're going back to back in racing, you want to yeah be at the best uh, of your ability and, you know, hyper-focused on on everything. Yeah. And has the riding changed as a result of the back? Like, do, physically, do you feel you ride with the same technique and style as before the crash, or have you had to adapt? Um, well, I feel like I had to adapt to the old bike and change my riding style yeah. drastically okay. to make the bike work for myself. Yeah. Um, and it's crazy. This year, I actually feel like the old my old self like yeah. back to my old riding style um i definitely feel like last year just small things like even doing a manual or a wheelie like i always felt like when i did a wheelie or a manual i'd always be pulled to the left side okay and i had a lot of trouble with my left side of my back yeah and i think just the fact of being imbalanced had a massive effect on that and also riding um and i feel like I'm way more imbalanced. Sorry, way more balanced now yeah. than I have ever been before. So if you pull a manual, it'll stay straight these days. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's a and good test. I know, and it's like it's the smallest of small things that build your confidence and stuff like that. Definitely, like it just, man. it's crazy what it does to you. Yeah, um, and also on the bike too. I feel way more nimble on the bike. I feel like I can do. <laughs> what i want when i want to drop my foot like i can drop my foot whereas like before it was always super hard to okay. drop my foot because i didn't know what the bike would do yeah so it's just yeah it's all that small stuff coming into a good place man. yeah yeah Sweet. yeah really good place nice well we should start wrapping up um we've got our final four questions but i think a lot of listeners would kill me if i don't ask before that like for your advice for people coming back to riding and racing from injury like any advice that you'd give people to help them get back up to speed um yeah i guess like whether you're racing or just having fun i think it's important to set a goal like because i think a goal can get you a long way like whether it's a goal in the rehab side of things and the physiotherapy and the training um yeah i think that's that's super important because i feel like that's what's got me so far uh -huh. um obviously big injuries you're always going to have someone telling you that oh this is going to change your life you probably won't be able to ride your bike or yeah walk properly again and i feel like i don't want to say don't listen to them but you are your body and you know what your body does yeah. and what it can do so listen to your body um because your body's going to tell you best not someone out on the outside who's telling you who studied for you know, seven years and yeah, obviously knows their stuff, but doesn't know yeah, how your know, body and works. And they don't know for sure. No, exactly. Yeah. 
um yeah and I think like for me going back to my injury that's the luckiest thing that no one ever told me that I wasn't going to walk again that's good that's that was the biggest thing so yeah. I I think like what they tell you take it with a grain of salt yeah don't always listen to what they have to say but yeah just set your own goals and you know I think that's the that's the biggest thing that you'll nice. get out of coming back from an injury Cool. I think that will get you a long way. Nice. Good advice, man. Right, let's hit these final four questions and get you onto a hill to do some practice. <laughs> First one, if our listeners add 150 pounds, which is about 300 New Zealand dollars, uh, to improve their performance on a bike, what would you recommend they go spend it on? Ooh. Um, probably skills training. Okay. I feel like skills is such a big thing on a bike. And that's what everyone wants to have skills, have better skills. Yeah. So I think find someone who knows what they're doing and, and yeah, spend the money on that. Good advice. Like it. All right. Second one. If you could wind back the clock and sit down with yourself age 16, what are you now? 31? 31. Yeah. 31. So half your life pretty much. What advice would you give 16 year old Brooke? Ooh. To be honest, I feel like I'm happy with all the advice I've given myself. Okay. Um, probably back back in like, you know, 2010, 2011, 2012, I would have probably told myself to train. <laughs> <laughs> Not Fair just enough. ride my downhill bike. Yeah, okay. <clears throat> I didn't really know much then. Yeah. I think everyone went through yeah, that phase. Yeah, like yeah, Most definitely. races just... <clears throat> That get through on skill initially and yeah. then the, the training comes later yeah i don't know i just guess that i've i feel like i've given myself good advice all through my yeah. through my career yeah that means you won a world cup without training much yeah because it was was yeah, it 2012 yeah 2012 yeah yeah i guess back then training wasn't a huge huge thing <laughs> it was getting that way it was, it was yeah. definitely getting that way yeah. like especially when the era of aaron Gwynn come in and he's yeah you know jack dude who's riding a bike <laughs> yeah. that's got a hundred 10 psi on the forks and it looks so rigid um and g was definitely training g, hard yeah. g, g was definitely yeah a guy that was training really hard i yeah. think everyone was but i was just in that phase of <laughs> whatever ride my bike in and have and have fun yeah fair play it worked didn't it yeah good stuff <clears throat> all right next one if you could have a coaching session from anyone past or present who would it be and what would you want to learn from them it doesn't have to be within the biking world it could be wherever Ooh. I reckon Michael Jordan. Okay. That's a good answer. Yeah. What is it about Michael Jordan that you'd want to kind of dig into with him? I think just life skills and life in general. I feel like he's an interesting dude. He's built a massive empire around himself from yeah. basketball. Yeah. Um, I just think he's an overall... Yeah, he's an overall goat. Like he, I feel like he's the biggest goat. Yeah, of he's all like time. sport goat. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I think uh, he would be definitely the person I'd like to. It would be interesting. That Netflix documentary was incredible. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. Good. Nice. All right, last one. What do you do every day that you feel benefits you? Um, ooh, riding my bike. Yeah, yeah. Every day. Every day. I love riding my bike. Yeah. At one point, I didn't. Okay. But I still did like riding my bike. <laughs> yeah. You but, just sort of forgot you liked riding it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and just living life. Yeah. Like just being alive is, is the best thing that I think anyone can ask for. It's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice one, man. Well, it's going to be exciting to watch how you get on for the rest of the year and into the future. If people want to <clears> follow <throat> you, where's the best place for them to look? Um, probably my Instagram, Brooke McDonald 6 nice so yeah give me a follow on that will do i'll put links in the show notes so everyone knows to find that but yeah hope you have a good week here and we'll be watching you uh throughout the rest of the season man i hope that new bike treats cheers. you well thank you thanks brooke cheers man cheers bro all right that's it for this episode with brooke i really hope you've enjoyed it 
A massive thank you to iXS, not just for supporting this episode, but for supporting the talent pathway in downhill racing via the iXS Downhill Cup, which has been the training ground for many of the races whose names we're now familiar with at the top of the World Cup circuit. Without brands like iXS, we wouldn't have the incredible depth of racing talent that we have. Find out more or get involved at iXSDownhillCup.com and check out iXS's awesome clothing and protection at iXS.com forward slash MTB. If you want to be in the chance to win a full head-to-toe set of iXS gear, then head and comment with the answer on my post on Instagram for Monday the 12th of June. You better be quick because that closes on Friday the 23rd. Also, don't forget, if you want to help support the podcast, the best way to do that is by heading over to patreon.com forward slash downtime podcast and setting up a regular donation. If Patreon doesn't work for you, then have a think about other ways you can help, like telling your friends about the show, sharing the episodes on your social media and leaving a review in Apple Podcasts. We've also got t-shirts, sweatshirts and hoodies available over at downtimepodcast.com forward slash shop. All right, that's it for now. But until next time, get out and ride.